Um, somebody asked this morning, um, they were, I, if you were in the second service, again, the, if you think the services, the, the messages that I preach are exactly the same, they're not. Um, the, the, the message is the same, but many times, I don't know why, you know, in one service, the Lord will give me one illustration to use, and in the next service, I totally forget about it, or I have a different illustration to use, whatever. But in the second service, how many of you were in the first service? So you won't even, whoa. So half of you won't even know what I'm talking about, right? Unless you go back and listen to the second service. But in the second service, I was talking about uh, a waterfall that um, I um, repelled down in, uh, in Uganda when I was younger in uh, Dummer. Um, and uh, I, I had kids. I, I had three girls, Megan, Addie, and Brianna. And I was, as I was going down repelling this waterfall, I thought, I am stupid. I have children and a wife, and I can see them across the valley. What am I doing? I, I'm, I'm absolutely crazy. And, um, but I survived, obviously. I'm here, right? And, um, but somebody asked uh, about a picture of what it looked like. And uh, my mom was even texting me. She's like, hey, do you have a picture of that? And uh, so, so just so you have an idea of what I was repelling down, um, that's, that's what I, that is Sippy Falls. And uh, just, to the, just to the right of it, of course, you can see, I don't know if you can tell, right above the waterfall just to the left, that's a hut. That brown, that's a hut, okay? So you can tell how, how far that waterfall drops down. And uh, just to the right of that waterfall, kind of where that, that tree is at, is where uh, we were rappelling down. And um, yeah, um, dumb, very dumb, yes. Um, but we survived, and uh, it was, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the guy told me, he said, hey, do you, do you want to do it like some of these other Europeans do and I said, what, blindfolded or something? You know what? He's like, no. He said, they'll turn, the, they'll turn the, uh, the harness around and clip it to the back, and they'll just walk off face first. Nope. Mm-mm. No, I am not doing that. Not a chance. Um, I, I barely walked off backwards um, with that, but uh, I did it. I, I, have test, I have witnesses that can verify that I actually did it. Um, you can ask my sister. Don't, don't tell her, or I hope she doesn't tell you that I screamed all the way down, you know. No, I didn't. I didn't. Um, the problem is, if you can, I don't know if you can notice, but um, this is only, uh, you can only see about half the waterfall here, so it keeps on going down. Um, you notice that it kind of carves out there, so you can only, you can actually only repel a little bit, and then you're just hanging there. You're just hanging, and you're just looking up at this little rope that's going all the way up and over, and you're thinking, Lord, please don't let him slip. I mean, because there's nothing. You're just hanging. There's nothing to grab onto or nothing. So um, that's, I'm, I'm repelling. Yeah, yeah, you're repelling down. No, don't let go. No, you're just repelling all the way down to the bottom. Uh, it's about, um, that's probably almost uh, 150 meters, probably like 450 feet. Oh, it, it, you go all the way. No, uh, you don't go all down on the wall. You're just hanging there, and you're just, the guy up top is lowering you down. Yes, by rope. No, 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 no. No, I am hanging on to a rope for dear life. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so those of you that uh, weren't in the second service, I apologize. You may not know what we're talking about. You just have to go back and listen to the second service, right? And, um, 
How much did it cost? I don't even remember. Um, it may have been like 20 bucks or something, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I believe those were his exact words. Exactly. If you want to kill yourself, go right ahead. But I'm not paying for it. So, what's that? Is that part of the mission trip? You know, we might be able to squeeze in that, you know? That's, that's only about an hour from Mbali where we were at. And, um, and uh, it's actually not too bad of roads going up there uh, into the mountain where Sippy Falls is at. So, um, you know, that might... Yes, ma'am. You're volunteering? You want to go? First one. Leo is the first one that wants to go. No, ma'am. No. No, no, we didn't actually get to go up. Um, we haven't been able to go back up there, but um, yeah. It's beautiful up there. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Since nobody has any other questions. Not about the waterfall or anything. Any other questions about our lesson or anything? We're continuing our series looking at the sanctity of life, avoiding confusion here uh, on the sanctity of life. And um, last week we were kind of looking... Um, at how important the um, um, life is to God and how God has protected life. He, even throughout scriptures, he's given uh, specific commands on, on not to murder. Um, even in uh, Genesis, he talks about whoso sheddeth man's blood by man shall his blood be shed. Um, and so, and the reason for that is because, as he says in Genesis 9, 6, for man is made in the image of God right? So we're made in, in God's image, and so uh, it's valued. Uh, God values life, and God protects it. Um, I, I read that article to you about um, uh, this lady that, who is um, basically what we would say for abortion, but yet uh, they understand that uh, the baby in the womb is a baby, um, uh, they, they, they don't deny it. They, they know it's a living baby, but she said it doesn't matter, right? Um, so, um, so we were talking about this. How, how, do we get, how did we get to this point as a society that we see life as expendable? And obviously several people were giving opinions, and basically it's just we've totally removed God from, from our society. Um, there's no desire to know God. Um, and this is exactly... As we saw, John three nineteen, uh, light is coming to the world. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Um, so the human heart without Christ is a depraved heart, right? Um, and, and this is what we have to understand as Christians. And, and we can obviously be very thankful that we live in, in the country that we live in. But as Christians, we have to understand the world, those that do not know Christ as Savior... They are not moral, right? They, they are not, they're not following God. They may have some form of morality a little bit, but they care nothing about God. And, and we get this idea that somehow if, if society would, would just change some of the things that they do and be more moral, then everything would be all right. Man without Christ is depraved. We have to grasp that, right? It's not, well, if they could just do better. There is no better, they are depraved. They are lost without Christ. By the way, that's where you and I were. We were depraved. We were lost without Christ. You, you look and see what the world is doing. You're like, oh, how could they do that? It's natural. It is absolutely natural because of the depravity of man, right? 
It, it should not come as a surprise that, um, you know, the, the LGBTQ movement, it should not come as a surprise with uh, abortions and things like this. It shouldn't come as a surprise uh, in, in all these different things because man is depraved without Christ, okay? And all, that is simply the evidence of a depraved heart without Christ. That's, that's, what, that's exactly what we're seeing, right? Um, and it's exactly what he says in Romans chapter 1. Um, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. That's, that's what they're doing. It is, it is all about me serving self, serving what I want, right? My rights. That's kind of, that's kind of the common thing now. Well, what are my rights? You know, I have rights. What are my rights? Okay. Um, and so it's, it's now all about me, um, and, and that's why it has to, especially as Christians, it, we cannot base our beliefs just on our feelings. We cannot base them on our emotions. We can't even base them on what we think is right or wrong, right? As Christians, we have to base our beliefs and what we do and how we live on the word of God. That's where it has to be based on, right? Because Look, even in, you know, we could say, hey, we're, we're all Christians here and, and we all love the Lord. But you know what? If we did not have the word of God as our guiding principle, there would be, we would have a whole group of different ideas and views just in this one room right here. But you know what is able to bring us all into one? It's the word of God. Because it's not my view, it's not your view, it's not my feeling, it's not your feeling, it's what does the word of God say? And that's why our, our worldview has to be a biblical worldview, not just personal, not just cultural or social, it must go back to the word of God. Now, and we talked a little bit about this as well, the devaluing of life begins immediately after the fall, right? Uh, immediately after the fall, what do we find? Cain killing his brother Abel, right? There's, there is a devaluing of life. That is the result of sin. It's a result of a depraved heart. Um, and we gave just a little bit of, uh, I'll, I'll kind of remind you of the percentages here. 22% of pregnancies end in abortions. Uh, the United States of America aborts approximately 1.3 million babies every year. 1.3 million babies, Right? Um, that's as many abortions every year as the number of Americans who were killed in the Revolutionary War, Civil War, World War I, World War II, Korean War, Vietnam War, Persian Gulf War, Iraq War, and Afghanistan War all combined. That's, that's how many abortions are taking place in America every year. And again, you say, well, that's just horrible. It is horrible, but that is the result of the depravity of man. Uh, in Romans chapter 1, being filled with all unrighteousness, full of murder, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And so there is, there is a pleasure in doing wrong, right? Um, there, it's just, there's, that's, that's the sin nature. There's pleasure in doing wrong. Doesn't matter if it's uh, an abortion, doesn't matter if it's the LGBTQ movement, doesn't matter what it is, there's just a pleasure in it. Why? Because we're sinful. We're sinful. Okay? Um, and even though people know the judgment of God um, and the wickedness of what's being done, they still do it. They still do it, right? Um, 
I mentioned this last week, there is this movement called Shout Your Abortion, right? Um, that is, I don't know if it's as big as it was now, I think it started a couple years ago, but uh, it was put out there to really have people promoting the abortions and uh, being proud of the abortions and things that they had. And even the Hollywood people really got involved in this and everything. Um, but um, trying to get people to post testimonies of, of women who've had abortions and glad they've done it. Uh, again, there's just, there's no shame. There's no sadness in it at all. Um, in January of 2019, um, Governor Cuomo of New York there directed one of the spires of the World Trade Center to be lit up in, lit up in pink in celebration of the Reproductive Health Act, which was a bill that expanded abortion rights and decriminalized the practice. Um, and those that were there supporting it, this was the chant that they were chanting, free abortion on demand, we can do it, yes we can, right? Free abortion, right? That's, that's what they wanted. And this, this is exactly what they did. They just, they lit it up in, um, in promotion of, of abortion. Um, and, and really, when you think about it, this kind of rally around death is very similar to what we see of pagan worships in the Old Testament, it's what we find in, in the Old Testament. The Canaanites offered their children on the altars of the god Molech. Um, and if you just simply change the name of the god from Molech to convenience, that's, well, that's what's happening today, right? Um, in an article put out by um, uh, a group called Radiance Foundation, um, some of you, have, I'm sure many of you have probably heard of a man by the name of Kermit Gosnell. Anybody have heard of Kermit Gosnell? No? Some of you? I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. How many of you have heard of him? Kermit Gosnell. Wow, that's three, four. I can't, ah, I can't believe that. Um, well, I think maybe when you hear about what it, it might ring a bell. He was the abortion activist doctor who botched uh, abortions and um, uh, saved the remains of aborted babies. Ryan Gosnell, or um, not Ryan, I'm sorry, uh, Kermit Gosnell. Um, Ryan Bomberger said this. He said, abortion activists worship abortion. It is sacred to them. Nothing on earth, according to the faithful, should ever desecrate the holy ground upon which the, this ritual is performed over a thousand times a day. Even if that ground is soaked with the blood of women killed and maimed and babies brutally murdered after being born alive. I mean, there, there is, a, again, there is a devaluing of life. There's, there's no... I, you're almost at a lack of words of how to describe it. Um, it's just, yeah, you know. Um, but again, one of, the, one of the most important takeaways we have to get and understand about the fall of humanity is that just, some, just because something is common doesn't make it right, right? Just because society goes along with it doesn't make it right, okay? Um, doesn't matter what people think or what society says, the Bible is very clear that human life is sacred because it is made in the image of God. And even though the fall has distorted aspects of God's image, um, it is still present. And that's, that's why it's so important for Christians to, to really take a stand for right and for truth. Okay? Uh, so how do we respond to um, the issues of life? Right? How do we respond to these things? Okay? Um, again, obviously... We have to speak the truth, but we have to speak it in love, right? Um, you know, you hear about people going and 
uh, and picketing, you know, Planned Parenthood places and things like that, and just speaking vile things to people, your, your murderers, your, your killers, and all that. Look, that's, that's not going to win people over, right? You say, well, the, well, isn't that the truth? Well, that may be the truth, but where's the love in that, right? Um, where is helping them to really see their need of a Savior? Again, all, they're simply doing what the natural man wants to do, Okay? And as Christians, we have to help them to see that there's something greater than the natural man. There's something more that is there, and that can only be found through Christ. Okay? That's only able to be found through Jesus Christ. Okay? Um, so there are Christians who, who agree with what we have looked at so far, um, but many would even question whether the, the topic of abortion is even worth fighting for anymore. Right. Uh, obviously, this earlier this year, uh, you know, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, and everybody's like, uh, "That's a great victory." Or people are like, "This is a horrible thing." Uh, but if you understand what happened, nothing really happened. It's just that the Supreme Court basically said it's now up to the states. Abortion is still able to be had. Okay, um, it's just up to the states now. Okay. Um, and so now individual states are basically determining whether that state, you can have an abortion or not, right? Um, so it's not like because Roe v. Wade was overturned, now abortion is completely illegal. Now that's what the abortion activists want you to think. Well, now it's all illegal. No, it's one. It's just simply up to the states now, okay? The states determined. And, and basically, when you think about it, it's not the state, it's the people in the state, which, again, is really important for Christians to be involved in voting, Right? Um, and, and that's because it's now back to, to the people, right? Um, but the Bible really has established that the church is to be the pillar and ground of the truth. That's what the Bible says in 1 Timothy 3.15, right? Uh, look over there with me real quick. 1 Timothy chapter 3. First Timothy chapter 3, verse number 15. He says, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And so some people can say, well, you know, if it doesn't involve what's going on in the church, Christians ought to stay out of it. Well, number one, that's not what, this, that's not what the scripture says, right? He doesn't say if it's, if it's only going on in the church, then that's when Christians ought to be involved. No, he says that thou oughtest to know how thou should behave thyself in the house of God, right? So he's writing about how we're to behave in the house of God. But then he says what the church is. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. The church of the living God, it is the pillar and ground of truth. So you know what should be permeating from the church? Truth. Truth ought to be permeating from the church, right? As, and again, the church is not these four walls and a low door, right? The church is you and me. It is the people. And so as we are in the community, truth ought to be permeating from us because we are the church. We are the, we are the ones that are supposed to be the pillar and ground of truth, okay? Um, yeah, you can say, well, hey, you know, we, you know, the, the pastor is supposed to preach right doctrine and that's true, right? And if the pastor preaches wrong doctrine, that's your responsibility to get the pastor out. Okay. Uh, somebody was asking me the other day, you know, why, uh, like, you know, how we are an independent Baptist church and, um, you know, who do I, who do I, who am I accountable to? 
right? Because you have different denominations that, you know, you have a board and, and the pastor is accountable to the board and, and all those people. And they said, well, in the Independent Baptist Church, who is the pastor accountable to? I said, that's easy. Every member. I'm accountable to every member. There's not a board that I'm accountable. There's a church body that I'm accountable to, right? And that's why it's important for you as the church body to make sure, hey, what pastor is preaching, is it in the word of God? Is it truth? Because if it's not, that's your responsibility to say, whoa, hang on a second. That's not what scripture says. That's not found in the Bible. And we've got we've to hold up a second here, right? That's, that's the church's job. That's one of the responsibilities of you as the members of the church to make sure that what is being preached and taught is the word of God, okay? Um, but as Christians, he says, we are, the, we are the pillar and ground of the truth. That's not just referring to the pastor. It's not referring to these four walls. It's referring to the church, believers, right? We are to be the pillar and ground of truth. That means we have to know truth. That means we have to stand for truth, we have to uphold truth. The word, that pillar is something that is holding something up, right? We are holding up truth. We are standing for truth. We, we can't just be like, well, it's not important anymore. Wait a minute. God says that every person is created in the image of God. That, that's an important thing. That's not just something we should take lightly and be like, well, it's, it's not important anymore. You know, I mean, after all, a million babies are being bo- aborted every year. Why, why, do we need to, why do we need to keep fighting it? Well, because it's wrong. And God says it's wrong. And that's why we keep standing for truth, right? Um, and, and again, you have to understand, abortion is not a new issue. I, I know we go back to, you know, Roe v. Wade and abortion and all that. It's not a new issue. Abortion has been around uh, for hundreds and thousands of years. It has, right? Um, Hippocrates, back in the... 500s he referenced it in the Hippocratic Oath where the doctors get their Hippocratic Oath from right we're talking hundreds and hundreds of years ago back in the uh, early 400s he said I will not give to a woman a pessary to cause an abortion it was back in the 400s right 1600 years ago he said I will not give a woman something that would cause her to have an abortion Plato Aristotle, both recommended family growth limitation, population control through abortion. They did, right? Aristotle uh, wrote this. He says, as to the exposure and rearing of children, let there be a law that no deformed child shall live. That's murder. Let there be a law that no deformed child shall live, but that on the ground of an excess in the number of children, when couples have children in excess, let abortion be procured before sense and life have begun. So not only is he, equate, or not only is he saying they ought to be murdered once they are born if they're found to be deformed, but even in the womb, if parents are having too many children, they need to start having abortions so we can limit the population of growth. Look, abortion is not a new issue. This is something that has always been. It's always been. Pagan societies, including Rome, uh, used abortion to conceal illicit sexual affairs. Um, Again, life was cheap, and abortion was the legal 
and, and it was common in the first century Roman Empire. Uh, the early church took a strong stand against abortion. Even you can look at early Christian documents. It states, thou shalt not murder a child by abortion nor kill them when born. These are, I mean, these, we're talking almost 2,000 years ago. They were dealing with this same issue. You know why? Because of the fallen sin nature. Do you, do you understand that every issue that we deal with today has been dealt with before? Do you know the LGBTQ movement is not new? Where, where do we get the word sodomite from? From Sodom and Gomorrah. Thousands of years ago, right? This is not a... These issues that we are facing today, they're not new. They're the same issues that have always been. They've always been. And guess what? They will always be as until the Lord returns his return. They will always be. And that's why it is important for Christians to take a stand against these things. The devil's not going to give up. You realize that? He's not going to give up on these things. He's going to keep them going. He's going to keep them going. He's going to keep them going. And that's why it's important for Christians to be the pillar and ground of truth and to take a stand for that. Even through the, the Reformation period and all of these things, Martin Luther said this, um, and, and I'm not a big Martin Luther fan, but Martin, this is what he said. He said, how great, therefore, the wickedness of human nature is. How many girls there are who prevent conception and kill and expel tender fetuses, although procreation is the work of God. This has been, this has been going on for centuries. This isn't something that just, oh man, now because Roe v. Wade, now abortion's an issue. No, this has been for thousands of years. This has always been going on. Why? Because it is the result of a fallen nature. It is a result of a, a person who is without Christ. Sinful. This is, this is the way the world is. Now, we are privileged today to be able to stand in a and a long line of Christians who have, who have upheld biblical truth for the sanctity of life. And we should always want to keep that. So what is the biblical way for us to respond to this issue? Well, I think, first of all, we have to respond with clarity. We have to be clear, right? Um, one of the tactics that Satan uses is to add confusion where there should be clarity. And uh, this is the same thing that Satan used in the Garden of Eden when he was trying to deceive Eve, right? Uh, and getting her to question God uh, and question what God had really said, even though Eve knew what God had said. She said, God said, we are not to eat of the tree. Well, but did God really mean that you were going to die if you ate it? She said, God said, we're not supposed to eat it or we'll die. But did God really mean that? Did God really mean that you were going to die? I mean, God think, God, God's keeping something from you. And again, people today still play with semantics to create confusion, right? Um, in this article um, quote that we, we looked at earlier by that lady, um, Mary Elizabeth Williams, um, it said, in the midst of this unique movement, Planned Parenthood has taken the bold step of reframing the vernacular, moving away from the easy and easily divisive words, life and choice, right? So we're going to move away from those words, Right? They still believe the same thing, okay? But we want to move away from those words because those words are divisive. 
So instead, as a new promotion, uh, it is basically says it's, it's not a black and white issue, right? So we're going to move away from these terms, okay? Um, so that we can try to convince people that it's, because if you say you're, you're pro-life, people are like, oh, well, you must be for life, right? And so to get people to think that, well, you're not really for life, let's, let's get away from using those terms. And so we have to help, we have to be clear in what we're stating, right? We are not for abortion. We are not for the killing of an unborn child. We are for life. And again, when does life begin? This is, this is where we have to be able to be clear in what we believe. It's not that life just begins, you know, in the second trimester or the third trimester or life begins when a baby is born. No, we begin that life begins at conception. And so as soon as there is conception, there is life, okay? And we are pro-life. We are for that life, for that child's life. Um, and sometimes abortion advocates, they, they frame their arguments to suggest that the actual state of the unborn child is somewhat of a gray area, right? We don't really know when life begins, you know. Uh, we don't know all these different things. Uh, they, they know. They're just trying to hide the truth. They're trying to hide the fact that they really don't. Uh, some suggest that knowing exactly when life begins in the womb, you can't know that. Um, at various times, people have suggested uh, different criteria for when life in the womb should be protected. Uh, again, we've kind of talked about that, whether it's the first trimester or even like what was passed in Ohio, which I heard just the other day, a judge has blocked right now, uh, what is called the heartbeat bill. Um, in other words, when a heartbeat is detected, then you can't have an abortion after that, which is great. The problem is life begins before the heart, the heartbeat, right? You don't, you don't have to be able to hear the heartbeat for that life to begin. Okay. Um, but at least they're trying to get it closer and closer and closer to conception. Okay. Um, and so they're just, they're trying to create these, these different terms and things to, um, you know, viability, you heard that term? You know, is it, is it viable, right? Um, the point at which the baby is potentially able to live outside the mother's womb. Um, you know, but look, there, there have been babies that have been born that had to have emergency C-sections and things like this that were not able to live outside the mother's womb on their own without the help of machines and things like that. And guess what? They survived, right? They, they, they lived, so we can't just say, well, as long as the baby's able to live outside the mother's womb on its own, because that, that doesn't happen all the time. Um, you know, if, if, that's, if that's true, my daughter shouldn't be here today. Um, my daughter, Brianna, was not able to, she, she had to be born early. She had, my wife had to have an emergency C-section in Uganda, um, and she wasn't able to, to live on her own for a couple of days. Um, well, if that's the case, then she should, she's not viable. No, I think she's pretty viable. (laughs) Um, Cognizance, right? The point at which the baby is aware of its surroundings, um, you know. uh, But even people that are in a coma, they still say have life. They're not necessarily aware of their surroundings, but yet they say have life. So again, all these different things. Um, The heartbeat, right? The moment of heartbeat. um, But the clearest demarcation of life's beginning is conception, and uh, if we are to respond to the issues with clarity, we should stand for life at conception. Uh, again, Psalms 51.5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Right? 
Um, so, I mean, he's talking about conception, okay? Um, and even science agrees with this. I, I want to give you a, some things here. Um, on day one, on the very day of conception, all 46 chromosomes are present in that baby. All 46 chromosomes. So a human life has already begun. And again, this, this is a unique human being with a unique genetic makeup who can never be reproduced or replaced, right? All 46 chromosomes are present the day of conception. Now, there's no heartbeat. The, 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 the body parts haven't been starting to form yet, right? Um, but yet all 46 chromosomes are there. What make up a human being on day one, right? Um, at three weeks of age. Um, only about three weeks uh, after conception, the child's heart begins to beat, um, pumping his or her own blood, um, which um, is usually a different, um, it's a, a different blood type from, from the parents most of the time, um, even from the mother, right? Uh, a different blood type that is there at three weeks. Um, at five weeks, the child's eyes, the legs and hands begin to develop. And again, this is, um, this is around the time when many mothers confirm that they're pregnant. Um, when they realize that they're pregnant after a couple of weeks, um, by that time, they have already begin, the baby's already beginning to, um, to develop the, the eyes, the legs, the hands. Um, by six weeks of age, the child's brain waves, which have already been active, uh, they're now detectable. They've already been active. They're just, they're just now able to be detected at six weeks of age. The brain waves, Right? How can you have brain waves if you're not, if you're not alive, right? Um, you know, and again, this is, this, is, this is not something that is just for, you know, pro-life people. This is just science, right? This is, this is proven by science, right? Um, at seven weeks, uh, the baby starts kicking, swimming. Every organ in the body is in place. The bones are taking shape. Fingerprints have already begun to form at seven weeks of age, right? Um, I mean, again, just it is absolutely, it is, an, it is a miracle of God. <laughs> it is a miracle of God um, how, how all of this takes place. At 10 weeks, um, the baby's teeth begin to form, uh, her fingernails uh, begin to develop. The baby can turn their head. They can, uh, they can even frown. So well, how do you know that? Because they, they now can do all of these different pictures and stuff, right? Um, now with all these, um, what are they called? Um, what? Ultrasound, thank you. And all these ultrasounds and, and all these different types of things, now they're able to see all this stuff, right? Um, and, and by the way, that's, that's one of the reasons why um, the uh, Planned Parenthood and many of these people that are pro-abortion do not encourage women to get ultrasounds. I'm, I'm being absolutely honest with you. They do not encourage them to get ultrasounds because I can't, I, I have it in here somewhere. Um, let me see. It's 84% of mothers decide not to have an abortion after seeing an ultrasound. I wonder why. I wonder why. Because they see that it is a real person. It is, it is a it's a human being. 
right? Uh, and they're able to see all of the things. I mean, they can see it sucking on its finger. They can see it frowning. They can see it doing all these different things, moving and kicking and all that kind of stuff. Um, obviously, they can feel it as well, right? Um, at three months, the baby can grasp objects, oftentimes grasping the umbilical cord or, uh, you know, grasping its, its hands or something like that. And even at uh, four months, the baby can start having dreams. I didn't, I didn't know babies could do that. In the womb, they, they can have dreams, right? Um, but it's not viable, right? It's, it's not, you know, uh, we, don't, we don't really know if it's, if it's a life yet or not. Let me, let me ask you this. How is it, and, and look, I'm not, please understand, I'm not trying to make anybody mad. But how is it that you can go to jail and you can be fined for cracking an egg of some endangered bird, but yet it's okay to kill a baby's life. Now you tell me we don't have our priorities messed up. Now look, I'm all for nature. I, I love nature. I love birds. I love animals. I love all those different things. But can I tell you something? They are not as important as human beings. Now, do you know why? They do that. Do you know why a a baby eagle or uh, a, an endangered frog or something like that uh, you can go to jail and you can be imprisoned or pay a fine or whatever? Do you know why that's more important than a baby? You know why? I'm trying to protect it? You sure? Generational value? Manipulation? Yeah, absolutely. These, these abortion clinics make a ton of money off of the aborted parts and things. Why, why is it more valuable for a bird than it is for a human being? Leslie? Because we are nothing more than an animal. We're nothing more than an animal. I mean, didn't we evolve from apes? We've evolved from, we're, we're just animals. We're just a higher species of animal, right? So what, why, are, why, why should we be held more valuable than an endangered species of bird or turtle or frog or something? Well, absolutely. But see, that's, that's where this whole idea of, of us being from evolution and we are just, we're just a chance, we're just a mistake, all of that goes back to exactly what we're seeing. Them teach. You are not even as valuable as a baby bird. You're not as valuable as a frog. You're not as, because, I mean, this is where we all came from. And therefore, hey, human life, it's not important. It's not valued. You say, well, how can they see that? How can they do that? Because of sin, fallen nature. You see, it, it, all, it all goes back to that fallen nature. 
It all goes back to God. What does God say? What does man say? God says life is valuable. Man says it's not valuable. There's, there's, there's no purpose in living. There's no purpose in life. And so whether we kill a million babies a year, what difference does it make? There's, there's, we're, just, we're doing society good. I mean, think about it. In 50 years, that means there would have been 50 million more people on this earth that we would have had to find food for and, and all these different jobs and all this kind of stuff. That's, that's how they think. Instead of thinking there's 50 million more people that are created in the image of God, that God loves, that God gave his life for. It's a whole different thought process. And that's why as Christians, it is important for us to take a stand and, um, and, and understand that, right? Um, and again, that's, that, that's exactly why. Um, ultrasounds show the reality of life. Um, and, and so many women, 84% of mothers who ended up having an ultrasound decide not to, not to get an abortion because they see that it really is a life. It's not just a bunch of cells, um, it's a, it's a human being, right? Um, and, and that's why it's, it's, so important for, um, it's so important for Christians to take a stand and, and to be clear in what we, what we say. And, and here's the thing. And this is, again, where, where we have to be careful. Yes, is, is abortion the taking of an innocent life? Yes, it is, right? But does God hate that woman or that young lady that ended up taking a, having an abortion. No, God doesn't hate that person. He doesn't hate them. So if God doesn't hate them, neither should we. God loves them. Jesus Christ died for them, right? And, and we should love them and we should help them to know, hey, we, we love you. Yes, are, are we in agreement with what you're doing? No, but we, we love you, and we care about you, and we care about that child. And we're, we're standing for life. It doesn't matter what the government says. We're, the Word of God says life is valuable. It's created in the image of God. And we have to take a stand for that. Um, and, and so it's, it's, it's so important. Um, well, I wanted to get to the next thing tonight as well, not just clarity but also conviction, but we're not going to get there because I've only got like two minutes left. Um, anybody ever heard of Abby Johnson? Um, if you know Abby Johnson's story, um, it's a really remarkable story. Um, Abby Johnson was um, very high up in Planned Parenthood and uh, abortions and things like that. And, um, and just a remarkable story how um, it wasn't the... It wasn't the people saying that they, you're murderers and you're baby killers and all this, but there were a group of, um, I think it was women, there may have been some men there as well, but I think it was predominantly women, that were in front of these abortion clinics, and the, all they would do is they, could, they would ask, could we, could we have a word of prayer with you before you go in? Could we just have a word of prayer with you before you go in? And, um, and she started seeing these people, and the concern, the care, the love that they had for these women going in. Um, and then she started, you know, seeing some other things as well. Uh, we don't, we don't have time to get into it right now, but, and, uh, how God just kind of changed her life and her story. And now from going to performing abortions, now she's trying to save, 
children's lives um, and do that. A really remarkable story. We'll maybe get into a little bit about that next week. Anybody have any question or anything real quick? I only have about a, we only have about a minute left or anything. Any questions or comments or anything? Two pounds, two ounces. Yeah. I'm sure there, I'm, I know there's, there's lots, of, um, lots of stories of babies born that um, I'm sure they would have just said, hey, oh well. But um, anybody else? Greg? She survived an abortion? Yeah. Yeah. Michael? Michael was. Wow. Hmm. Yep. Amen. Right, yeah, and that's again. It's it's not just about the time period anymore. Now it's it's just life in general. There's a devaluing of life anymore, um, and that's why Christians we're, we're not just pro pro life as far as a baby is concerned. We are pro life. Period. That all life is valuable to God. Um, now, are there people that ought to be taken out and? And killed because of things they do. I, I believe capital punishment is biblical. Um, you know, um, you know. I think I think it's there. God, I mean, it's God said it. If you take an innocent life, then your life should be taken as well. Um, you know, obviously now in our society today, um, you know, we don't see the death penalty so much anymore. Every once in a while, you hear of of a state uh, performing a death penalty. Now it's just like you're just in jail for the rest of your life um, and our tax dollars take care of you and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but we do stand for life um, because it's, we are, we're creating the image of God and uh, not, just, not just babies, um, all life. And that's why even, you know, you think about, you know, uh, again, I'm not trying to be political or anything like this, but even you think about um, the slave trade and things like this, it was Christians who are taking a stand and saying, hey, these people's lives are valuable. They, just because they're a different color or something doesn't mean they're, they're not any va- more less value than we are. They are life. They are a human being. They're life. Um, and it was Christians that were taking a stand to try to get slavery um, put away and, and done with. Uh, because it's not, just, it's not just a baby's life that we're talking We're talking about life, period. All life. Um, and that's, that's biblical. God... God God holds life in great value. It's sacred to him, all right? Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. And uh, Lord, I do pray that you'd help us as, as Christians, Lord, just to realize how important uh, this is. Um, Lord, not just to, um, you know, play political games, but Lord, in your word, this is something that has been a battle uh, for thousands of years. And it's important for Christians to, to take a stand um, and have a biblical worldview, Lord, not just about our emotions and our feelings, but Lord, may we look to your word and find out how you want us to live, 
may we find out how, what we need to believe and, uh, and live our life through your word. And Lord, would you help us as Christians to be the pillar and ground of truth? Uh, not only would we, uh, would we hold to the truth and hold it fast, but Lord, to be able to, to spread it and be that light uh, that others might see it through us. And so, Father, just bless, uh, Lord, even this week, uh, Lord, give us opportunities to serve you and be that light to others in our community. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, God bless you.